2: Learn more at marines.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of What the Football. Thrilled to be here with you again. This is brought to you by GameTime, the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. GameTime's got killer last-minute deals all in prices, views from your seats, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the app. Create the account. Use the best code ever, WTF, for $20 off of your first purchase. Restrictions apply. Visit GameTime.co for terms. Again, create an account. Redeem the code WTF for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest prices guaranteed. Amy, a lot went on last night while we were at dinner. We got to watch the end of the the game on Monday night. We had a quick dinner first with a bunch of women together, women
0: in sports, which was great. Uh, A dinner at which? GameTime. I hope you're listening to me. Susie did that read without having to read it. She knows it by heart at the dinner table. So game time was discussed at the dinner table. I give you credit though, because you started, it was your idea, Amy. I did kind of give her an eyeball look and she started doing it and there was some giggling and it was fun and, and game. And we did use the WTF for $20 off. We did. We didn't. And I think we'll get your own
2: code. We need an Amy code. I'm just saying anyway, Rich Eisen joins us soon. I'm not sure if you know who he is or not. But um, I've heard of him. Yeah, he's he's a, uh, a very happy Michigan guy and a very sad Jets Yankees guy. It looks like the Otani race will not go to the Yankees and we will give him a little bit of for that. But uh, aside from that interesting game last night, it looks like Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, we watched him uh, get stepped on by Walker Little. A lot of fear about what kind of injury he would have and uh, hoping to see him coming back. They said today, not a season injury season-ending injury, but that
0: high right ankle sprain. Well, and from my years in football, I hear the words high ankle sprain, and what I hear are dread high ankle sprain because those were dreaded, dreaded words because high ankle sprains are tough, tough injuries from which to recover. Now, he may not have a significant high ankle sprain. It may be something that they really do believe is going to be well enough for him to play this week. Maybe they'll decide it's more important to sit him a week and get him better for the duration of the season. I don't know how they'll approach that. I do know that high ankle sprains can be very, very tough injuries from which to recover. Yeah, it's a lingering injury. And I'll
2: add to that that Peterson not ruling him out for this game on Sunday. But oftentimes you hear when
0: a player's reacting or a coach is reacting to a high ankle sprain, they'd rather have a break than a sprain. Well, I mean, as I said, we always referred to them as dread high ankle sprains. And the decision that Jacksonville's going to have to make, can he play this week without further injuring the ankle if we play him this week? Do we then lose him later in the season? Is it better to sit him for the week? And that's something they're going to determine as the week goes on. So they may be very fortunate, and he may well be able to play this week, but they're going to be talking to those trainers and those doctors every single day, multiple times a day, to determine whether it's best to play him.
2: And a really nice moment in the game when Trey Hendrickson, the Bengals defensive end, picked him up off the floor and then took a knee, looked like he sent a prayer up for him too, when he watched... Lawrence, hobble off the field. He took a step and he went right down. Painful to watch as a fan
0: and painful to watch, I'm sure, as a member of Jaguars Nation. And also interesting that they didn't immediately put him in a cart, but walked him a significant uh, um, amount of, you know, paces, steps. Um, and there can be any number of reasons for that, but I thought that it was interesting. Now, I'm not suggesting it needed to be a cart that's driven out into the field, um, but carts remain on the sideline, and he could have been carted to the locker room. So it was interesting that we saw that footage of him walking through the tunnel, being helped by two people. And I I really think that there's something mental about that. These players,
2: These players will do whatever it takes not to get on that cart. It's that... You'd rather be seen being helped off the field of your own volition or I know pl- plenty of people reported they saw him on crutches in the locker room, but there's that mentality of it all where you just do- you want to do whatever it takes to get off that cart.
0: Well, and these are athletes who have been doing this for decades. You know, they start young, they play, they played through high school, they played in college, now they're in uh, the pros. Um, they've dealt with injuries, whether their own or teammates. And there is a manner in which they like to handle things.
2: Yeah, and this is not the first time that we've seen Trevor Lawrence leave. Um, He had that left sprain earlier in the season. I think it was what it was at the win over Indy. He had that left sprain. Then the following week he came back and won over New Orleans after a four-day break. So there's something going on there. And, you know, you have to wonder um, how many more quarterbacks are going to get hurt this year. This has been the backup. The battle of the backups coming in. So many quarterbacks it seems are taking a beating this year.
0: Yeah, I, you know, injuries are part of the game, and you learn that when you're in the industry. Injuries are part of the game, and yes, there have been a significant significant number of quarterback injuries this year. Sometimes it's other positions. Normally, it's every position, and the decision a team has to make going into every season is. What do I want to do by way of backups? What do I want to do in case we lose a quarterback? And look, the roster is only so many people. The cap is only so much space, although I put that to the side because the cap is simply a method of accounting. And you can deal with cap accounting just like you can deal with, oh, my gosh, we could do a whole podcast. On accounting. We could talk about gap accounting. That sounds so we could talk about tax accounting. We could talk about cap accounting. But my point being, yeah, I know you don't want to. That's just I I just fell asleep thinking about it. But my point being the cap is a method of accounting. You can work around cap issues. Cash is also an issue. So if you're the GM making decisions on a roster for a team, do you want to allocate a roster spot and additional cash? Because some teams care more about cash than do others to a backup quarterback role, or do you want to spend that elsewhere and just sort of cross your fingers and hope you don't lose your quarterback? You know, As is said, hope is not a strategy. Do you want a good backup? If you go out and get a good backup, who are you going to remove from the roster to have that good backup? Where are you going to find that cash? How are you going to make your cap jiggle and juggle to make that work? And now we're seeing a lot of teams did not prepare losing their starter.
2: And, you know, th- there are so many different ways to go in this. And, of course, you know, I always, everything to me is Patriots related. I think about we would have never had those great run of years with Tom Brady had it, he not have been True Bledsoe's backup. But you look at what's happening in New York with Zach Wilson, who should never have been the backup this year. Let's face it. They should have let him go. They should have cut ties with him. How was a kid supposed to come back and play? For a team that basically all but said, we don't believe in you, and that was built around somebody else. I don't know, Amy, you would know so much better than I. How does a team prepare that way? When you are setting uh, setting yourself up as the Jets thought they were to win with Aaron Rodgers, they're not setting it up to win for whoever's sitting behind him. But you have to know
0: that's a possibility. Now, look, nobody believes they're going to lose their starting quarterback around whom they've built and crafted the whole roster, including the coaching roster uh, with the addition of Nathaniel Hackett. Nobody thinks they're going to lose their starting quarterback within the first minute or so of the season. But you have to be prepared for the fact that you may lose your starting quarterback at some point during the season if only for a period of the season, maybe not the entire season. Maybe you don't lose him for the whole season. But you've got to be prepared, particularly with a quarterback who is of the age Aaron is, that you may lose him for a chunk of the season. And you've got to have – look, you've got to have a plan. Um, I've shared this story before. I'll share it quickly because it applies. I had a very, very bad equestrian accident at one point. And after everybody was checked out and I was fine and the horse was fine – Jody walks up to me, and Jody says, Amy, you have to have a plan. She was right. She was also eight years old. You have to have a plan. And it doesn't look to me like the Jets had an adequate plan. Now, again, they didn't expect to lose Aaron in the first few minutes of the season. But if Zach was their plan going into the season... That's interesting.
2: I mean, so look at the names we're talking about now. I mean, who knew who Jake Browning was before this past weekend, right? We're looking at games that lay ahead, Bailey Zappi versus Mitch Trubisky, obviously, because Kenny Pickett just had that surgery. I think it was called pin surgery, something like they go in there and they into an ankle and clean up the ankle and give it a little bit of extra support, which I know it, gets ha- it happens all the time. Gardner Minshew, like I said, against Jake Browning. Josh Jobs potentially versus Aiden O'Connell obviously Bryce Young versus Jameis Winston. How many backups are we going to see out there battling week after
0: week? This is like, it's almost like having like the JV football. Well, I don't know that I would go that far. And some of these, uh, look, we saw what happened with Cincinnati last night. They beat Jacksonville. So... um, your point is well taken when you cite all those matchups of backup versus backup versus backup versus backup, um, but these men are still NFL quarterbacks. Yeah, I, I guess I
2: guess so. I just think that there's something so strange this year with so many injuries and so many quarterbacks sitting down, and just it's kind of fascinating. You never know who's going to be the next Nick Foles, who obviously is the last backup to win a Super Bowl. And you never know who's going to be like, who knows what's going to happen? Like Brock Purdy, right?
0: Another perfect example. I I was just going to cite Brock Purdy as an example. Yeah. Yeah. So who knows?
2: Uh, What'd you think about uh, Philly this past weekend? What were your thoughts on that?
0: Do you want to discuss Philly or do you want to talk about their security guard on the sideline? Uh, I'm sorry. I digress. <laughs> well, that was—I'm I'm sorry. That was just, to me, vintage Philadelphia. And I'm not speaking Eagles specifically, but just vintage Philadelphia, that their security person on the sideline is wreaking havoc and well, causing a ruckus. But
2: isn't that the only stadium in the country that has a prison underneath I that? don't think the new stadium does. It was the old stadium. The, old link? the vet. The, the, the vet. Was it the vet? The link? I, think, I, can't, I can't remember yeah, the Yeah, I difference. think this one's the link. The it was this the one's the link? Yeah. Um, but the fact that they were <laughs> Look on face. The fact that they had a prison in
0: it. It's just a normal place to play a game. Oh, look, we played the Eagles, and my parents happened to be on the East Coast that week. So they came to the game, and I had two seats for them. And lucky mom and dad, they were in the third deck. So I put my parents up there. They were wearing nothing that said Raiders. but They were wearing little black sweaters, little black jackets. They were getting the crap boot out of them, and people were throwing popcorn out of them. And these are my parents, and and not that they were my parents in particular. My point is these are parent-age people, parent-age of a grown-up. So I'm I'm trying to be kind and not say they were elderly because they weren't really that elderly. But I went up in the third deck at one point, and I looked around at the fans. I said, what are you doing? Why are you throwing popcorn at my parents? And they look—they're like Amy. It's Philadelphia. Like, okay, I get it.
2: What was the um, what was the worst, or weirdest, or most different? Uh, I say that judiciously. Stadium that you went to, and that the players may maybe complained about.
0: I don't recall our players complaining about any stadium. Um, I don't know what you mean by worst or weirdest or... Maybe the facilities were rough, the locker rooms were grody. Well, our stadium in Oakland, there were times the visiting team went to the locker room and there was no hot water. Oops. Sorry. (laughs) Was that on purpose? No, no, it really wasn't. So I I did something really nice. I went to the visiting team and I said, look, we understand there's no hot water in your locker room. We have a little bit in our locker room after our players are done showering. You're welcome to use our locker room to shower. I thought that was very, very, very generous. That's very
2: kind yeah, of you. It was
0: very kind. Um, I don't think there was any one particular stadium. It was always um, I, I enjoyed going to, to games on the road, and um, our fans traveled so well to be able to go through the parking lot and visit with fans, um, both of our team that were on the road with our team, and then fans of the other team was a lot of fun.
2: Quickly, strangest thing that happened to you in a parking lot.
0: I beg your pardon. (laughs) Um, Well, it's not strange. It was just heartwarming when our fans learned that I was a vegetarian and I would walk through the parking lot before the game and they were all tailgating and barbecuing. They would start yelling out, Amy, Amy, we barbecued you asparagus. We have mushrooms for you. And excuse me, let me make that very clear. I'm talking about barbecued mushrooms. I'm not talking about the other kind of mushrooms. Yeah, I had the feeling that you were not going psychedelic on me. So, obviously, let's talk about this game coming up this weekend with Philly and Dallas, because Philly's a little bit banged up, and Dak's been looking like an MVP. So, what are you expecting? Huge game. Um, Obviously, Philly just got trounced by San Francisco. If you look at the NFC, and we're looking a few weeks ahead, and it's going to— if we were to look a few weeks ahead, we'll be looking at Philadelphia, San Francisco, Dallas, among others, vying for position— and Philadelphia just got whomped. They really did. Now they're going to Dallas. Dallas hasn't lost a home game in 14 games, which is really remarkable, given the fact that there's waning home field advantage. They have a home field advantage in Dallas, and it's going to be a tough, tough game for Philadelphia. From your
2: perspective, talk about home field advantage. What does that really mean to a team, and, and, and how
0: did you experience that? It's a- Big, big, big deal when I was in the league. Um, One of the toughest, I think the toughest road environment in which we played, Kansas City. Those fans were cacophonous. You'd go into the game and they would create a roar and a cacophony for their home team, and it was a tough, tough place to play. Buffalo, also very, very, very hard. Um, You know, when I first went to the new stadium in Dallas, you kind of looked at it and said, wow, it's very fancy, and it's beautiful, and it's elegant, and... They're not really going to have a home field advantage here, are they? But they do. Fans are what create the advantage. Yeah, so, so very true.
2: All right, Rich Eisen's going to join us shortly. We're going to get together with him. We'll talk a little bit about um, the Zach Wilson situation. We'll talk a lot more about Philly and Dallas. You have to talk about the the Philly situation, sorry, the Jets situation, only because it makes him uncomfortable.
0: Well, which is he going to want to talk about, Jets or Michigan?
2: I mean, do we give him a choice?
0: No. I don't think so either.
2: All right, guys, you know how frustrating it can be to find those perfect tickets to a game or a concert you've been dying to see. There's so many that I want to see right now. How's that coffee treating you? Do you have whipped cream in there? Do you have whipped cream in there and sprinkles again?
0: It's coffee and there is a little whipped cream, but there are no sprinkles. But right. Sorry for that slurping noise. <laughs> just, just checking. All right. With game time, you don't have to worry about buying tickets to
2: your next big event. It is the best way, the fairest, the easiest to buy tickets for all your sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And I love it because it tells me where I'm going to see. Where I'm like, is there anything in front of me? Is there an obstruction? Am I going to have Taylor not be able to see the stage? So I like to tell you that that is the reason why you go to game time because it's the perfect solution to find it for a house full of kids with different tastes, tastes and allegiances to artists and teams. And I love that they have deals right up until just before you go, even an hour after it starts, because I'm always running late. So, the Game Time Guarantee means you will always get the best price. You'll find the same tickets in the same row, and you find it less somewhere else. They're going to credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the app. Create an account. Use the code WTF for $20 off of your first purchase. Restrictions apply. Visit GameTime.co for terms again. Create that account. Redeem the code WTF for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed.
1: unbelievable you will love it JD Power ranks Sleep Number number 1 in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store and now you could save 50% that's 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time for JD Power 2023 award information visit jdpower.com/awards only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts people or as you might know from their jingle o o o o Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road.
2: So as promised, we dragged Rich Eisen out from the back and made him sit in for yet another edition of What the Football. Hi.
1: What's up? Last time I saw you, you were asleep. You know. And I snuck out to go get my workout in today.
2: That never happens. I am the lightest sleeper in the world. Very much so.
0: You know what? I'll see you a light sleeping, and I will raise you a light sleeping. I am horrible at sleeping. Is that right? I just I don't sleep. I don't (laughs) sleep well, and I'm the lightest sleeper in the world. And so when I'm up all night tossing and turning because I can't sleep, things occur to me. And I think about them. What's the depth of the Mariana Trench? What is the circumference of the earth? Um, And then she emails me. And then I'll I'll, I'll wake my husband up. I'm like, how deep is the Mariana Trench?
1: And what does he say? What's
0: the circumference of the earth? And he looks at me and, and then he knows I need to have the answer in order to try to go back to sleep. My question the other night, as I was laying there unable to sleep, was, "What would you prefer? What would Rich Eisen like better?"
1: Not to be awakened, be asked those questions. (laughs) But that's number one. But I don't mean. But what? But but here was what
0: occurred to me. Yes. What are you? What would make you happier, or what would make you less happy? Yeah. Answer it either way. The Jets in the playoffs. Michigan not. Michigan having the sort of season it did. The Jets not doing well. In other words, how do you prioritize oh, Jets and Wolverines? Oh, Wolverines. Wolverines. Above the jets. Oh God, yeah. Okay. I,
1: I I told this story on the air on on the uh, main show, if you will, um, the other day. Did he just
0: call his show the main, main show? show
1: I, I I I I it sounds ridiculous. What do you
2: think that means for us? You know what? If I, he's I say that the all main show, when
1: he refers to FS1 as Baby Fox. Uh, I, I, what I meant, I meant the the, the uh, whatever. On, Are we like the Princess Leia show,
2: buns on either side you know what, of the, of the planet this of Rich? Is, this I mean, is, just this is
1: why you know I I should I need to mind my p's and q's particularly when I come on this main show.
0: What well the done, football. Rich. Very Certainly, very well you done. You know, and
1: and and I should have known that the last time when I sat in between the two of you and I was blocking the B last time I was on what the <laughs> football. Now I'm on what the <laughs> fooball. I don't know. Um, uh, I don't, I, I appreciate the angle, but, uh, long story short is when I was on the Rich Eisen show over there telling the story, it was right around the third quarter and I, uh, of Michigan, Ohio state. And I turned to you, Suze, and I'm like, why do I care about this so, so much? So
2: very much. I, I turned he to you I that, he oh,
1: yeah. paced, you were offering me like lunch. I'm like, get, yeah, I, I can't.
2: I During can't. the
1: Iowa game. Well, oh, that poor, was no. It was dinner during the Iowa well, game. That's true. While
2: well, poor <laughs> Kirk Ferentz is aging by the second, and <laughs> yeah. I even said to Rich, "Oh, I love Kirk Ferentz. I did so many Iowa games on ABC. He looks like he's aged during this game alone, and he's pacing." And I'm like, "They're going to destroy them."
1: Yeah, but it was ten nothing, and it was like pulling teeth. It was literally root canal. Watching so, Michigan against. Okay. Iowa. So yes, I, I look.
0: So Michigan national champion. Absolutely. Jets Super Bowl champion. You're taking. You would ha- rather have Michigan.
1: Yeah, one thousand okay. percent. I will do that because so that's
0: one less thing to keep me up now at night. Because
1: the other one is just never going to happen. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I honestly, I'm truly, uh, I, I'm watching Ooh, ye, Michigan victory. Manchester- oh, no, please. The no, football- they're never
2: going to win. Don't f- be ridiculous. You know
1: where the football gods are sitting right now? They're, 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 they're like um, that. that you know, sitting in the front row seat, you know, and just cackling. You know what I mean? Like, the, it's like the Tony Bennett song, right? I'm just sitting in a front row seat, you know, hoping that, you know, they break your heart like you broke mine. Like, that, that's what's happening every single time the Jets take the field. It just, look, I would say don't get me started, but I'm already started. For them to lose Rodgers the way that they did, and I heard what you said um, earlier on in the podcast, that you you you, you have to have a plan. Right, and it was an eight-year-old who once upon a yeah, told Jody, you that.
0: Jody, Amy, that's right. You have right. to have a plan. Well,
1: unfortunately for them, uh, th- their plan was to to go to a quarterback who looks like he's eight. I think he is eight, actually. Uh, he is eight in terms of, I guess, his his um, his ability to discern uh, the way that he must. But um, he is one thousand percent the best quarterback they have, and that they you know they went with Tim Boyle, and then now they just picked up Brett Ripon from the seahawks uh practice squad and finally told tim boyle thanks for the memories and look uh i i don't know what's true and what's not about zach wilson saying he didn't want to play or he didn't he 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 definitely has to sit here and think well you benched me you benched me again and we have now seen that nobody can operate this offense behind this line with the, the scheme that's had right now and so if he's going to have somebody come to him and say hey we need you again I don't blame him for having a hitch in his giddy up for a second, but if they do turn to him, uh, he's going to start. I mean, don't you think he would self-immolate his career if he chooses to not play? If he says, I'm sorry, I'm not going to go through rehab to hurt myself behind this line because I'm I'm not going to be trusting my teammates enough to protect me or my coaching staff enough to scheme it properly or my own potential abilities to get rid of the football properly? Like, don't you think that would be the end of his career I as do- a starting quarterback?
0: I don't think it would be the end because Who I would think be, it- Would you pick him up? How would that
1: land in your front office? Sorry. Now I'll be quiet.
0: I don't think I it would— I saw that look, too. <laughs> Stop. I saw Let that. her finish. Okay. I don't think it would be— <laughs> talk, are, are you two? Are you two okay <laughs> we're, over we're there? Married. Are you two okay? I know. I okay. love it. I love right. it. Um, I don't think it would be the end for the following reason. There is always going to be a team which thinks we can, we can handle this. We can do this better than the Jets did. Yeah, he didn't act like you'd want a quarterback to act with the Jets, but come on, it's the Jets. We, we can do better with him. Do I think it would hamper him? Yes. Do I think it would cause some teams to take a second glance? Yeah. Do I think it might cause some teams to pass on him? Perhaps do I think there will be a team that will say, yeah, 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 but I get it. That was the Jets. I get why he did that. We'll handle him differently. He will be different with us. There is a tremendous amount of ego at every single level in every single team, and there are teams that will believe they could bring out the best. What I wondered when I heard those comments attributed to him, and I don't know if and to what extent they were accurate, was who's in his ear? Was that guidance he was being given by an agent, um, an advisor, uh, someone who's in his circle? Was someone saying to him, Zach, you shouldn't play because they can't protect you and you could suffer a career-ending injury, just tell him I'm done? Did he decide that on his own? Did someone push him to do that? All those things come to mind. You know, there's a saying, and I'm going to try not to butcher it. It was Steve Kime, then with the Arizona Cardinals, who said... If Hannibal Lecter ran a 4 3 yeah. people would convince themselves he simply had an eating disorder. And that's my point about Zach. Even though teams would not like that he did that, someone would do the Hannibal Lecter.
2: I mean, you never know, too, how much uh, a change of scenery can help a player. We saw that happen with Randy Moss. And who knows if he went somewhere else if he could be more effective. It could just be that he has such a total loss of confidence right now. How about Jim Huckett? That, no, that no matter what he does, he's going to go out there and tank. And it reminds me of a different Hackett. It reminds me of Carson Palmer at USC when Paul Hackett was there and he brought with him his jets playbook. And Carson really was overwhelmed and he was given this massive playbook that was just it was not explained to him well and he was a, a, a shell of himself on the field. Paul Hackett gets fired. P. Carroll comes in. He took the the Hackett playbook and ceremoniously burned it and said to them, we're going to simplify football for you. They went on to become the USC that we know them to be, and Carson Palmer went on for a a fairly successful NFL career. That was the year that that he looked at me. I was on the field with him uh, after the last win of the regular season, and I said, Carson Palmer, look into the camera and tell the world why you should be the Heisman. And, you know, it was exciting to watch him rebuild, but that kid was a shell of himself. He had zero confidence. It could just be that Zach Wilson has to leave. Who knows if he'll be anything. Same with Mac Jones. Well, Mac Jones needs to be set free.
1: Now, you're, you're not wrong about that. And I, I was going to actually, uh, you, you read my mind. Because, look, here's this scoop. By the scoop. As we're recording this podcast right now, all the conversation about what was Zach thinking? What did he know? What did he say when he said it? All that business. I believe if people are listening to this podcast uh, later in the week or on the weekend, Zach Wilson will be named the starting quarterback against the Houston Texans. And that will be a very difficult assignment for him because not only is Houston playing terrific football, but they have a number two overall drafted quarterback of their own who has come out of the box looking fantastic. And Zach Wilson has now been benched for Tim Boyle and Chris Streveler, and Mike White, and Joe Flacco, and here comes C.J. Stroud, who is 1,000% the Offensive Rookie of the Year of this year, potentially taking Houston to the playoffs and doing that well, and it's just really not great. And it's Robert Sala's acolyte, who is on the other side of that field, who might be a uh, Coach of the Year candidate. It's just got all the bad metrics and bad visuals and bad setup. For that. But to your point, Susie, 1 million percent if Zach Wilson had the uh the, had had the guru, had Mike McDaniel as his first um coach and play caller, it might have been a different situation than having him come in and, you know, fresh off the Adam Gase era and also having all all of that nonsense that got thrown on him to immediately be the guy. Uh, Even Patrick Mahomes sat for a year, but Mahomes has been hooked up to Andy Reid. What a blessing. Could you imagine if he went to Chicago instead? And to your point about Mac Jones, so in the two games we did in Germany on NFL Network, it was Chiefs Dolphins and it was Patriots Colts. So we had Mike McDaniel first in our um, broadcast meeting room. And I, I, I went on um, my Twitter feed and did my best to express what we all heard in the meeting, which was him having full and complete love and confidence in Tua Tungo-Vailoa. Because I asked him, I'm like, you took the job, and everybody assumed, obviously uh, incorrectly, that he wouldn't want Tua, right? He's coming from the system in San Francisco. He's coming from whatever system, and Tua had been, so far, Um, somebody who was benched for Ryan Fitzpatrick in the Brian Flores era. He was the guy, then he wasn't the guy. And we're seeing Justin Herbert kick ass. So we thought you didn't want him. But hey, you did want him. You actually FaceTimed him on your flight, your private jet flight to Miami to say, you're my guy. And he talked about how he was a guy who remembered when he was uh, an only child, like he was going in this direction, an only child, and he remembered his mom always telling him what a special kid he was and how that was very important that that's the way he views coaching is to throw his arms around players and to throw his arms around his quarterback and tell him you are great you are terrific and that that's not just blowing smoke but to f- figure out a scheme and a system and an abilities to, to try and connect with that guy. And it was truly beautiful. Like we were all in the room going, whoa, that is not a coach that we normally hear talking in the NFL smash cut to the next week. Mac Jones comes walking in. This team has two wins and it's a completely different scenario with a team that is losing and their season is essentially over. And here they are in Germany. And Mac Jones has been completely uh, a shell of himself, as you pointed out, Susie and Um, He, at one point, we talk about how he's um, only had um, the same coordinator in back-to-back years once. It was Steve Sarkeesian in Alabama when he wasn't even a starter, right, for one of those two years, and how he would love that sort of continuity, but he doesn't have it. And that was also leading to the question about, like, what about, you know, your coaches? Like, is I asked him if Saban... And Belichick are in fact the same guy, right? Like that's the the conversation. Long story short, or shorter, um, he says that he's only had like really hard charging task mask, you know, m- tasking coaches in his entire life. And at that point, he goes, "It's he's the one who brought this up." He goes, "It's you know, you know that's the way I'm used to it." He goes, "Would it be nice to have a coach?" that invites you over to dinner and also sits next to you in the meeting rooms and also like in an the locker indie room. Read. Hold on a minute and he sits and throws his arms around you like Tua. He wow. mentioned Tua's name cuz he was a college teammate of Tua. He mentioned Tua and as soon as he left the room, you know, we were all the same broadcast crew from one week to the next. We all looked at each other and were like, "So, does Mac need a hug?" Mhm. Like, does he need somebody who will throw their arms around him and say, you're special, you're awesome, and, you know, who's not going to deliver that, Belichick. You know who didn't need that? Brady. And it's just amazing the coach-quarterback dynamic and how it works and how it doesn't work and how the timing is important and how the personalities need to mesh. And um, I-, I-, I think it plays perfectly into what you just said about Mac needing to be set free. And what we're talking about with Zach, you know, it's exactly the sort of thing that maybe Jake Browning has with Zach Taylor. That's why he looked so good. Um, I don't know. We're not there in these locker rooms, but I just wanted to go through that whole storytelling there. But you're right, like Andy
0: Reid for Mahomes. What if Mahomes didn't have that guy? Here's the issue. You made the point about Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel does what the best coaches do. He is best positioning his players yeah. to be their best. Right. The best coaches don't make players fit to a scheme. They build a scheme that fits to their players. So when you said that about Mike McDaniel, I smiled ear to ear because he's doing just that. He's best positioning to it to be his best. Right. What I think a lot of people forget is when you are drafted high as a quarterback, number one, number two, unless the team that drafted you has traded for that top pick, you're going to a team that played very, very, very badly the year before. So by definition, if you're going to a team that has the number one pick – Unless they traded for that, they were the worst team last year. So to look at the quarterback and think he's going to answer all of the problems and solve all of the problems is unrealistic. Usually the rosters are depleted. You need more players. Usually there are bigger issues than just needing a quarterback. And so if you are lucky like a Patrick Mahomes and you go to an Andy Reid, it's an entirely different scenario than for Zach or Mac or...
1: Or even just to bring it all full circle, um, you know, Zach Wilson might be sitting there watching Monday Night Football and watching Jake Browning light it up, and saying, "Be nice to have Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, right, and right, and not a depleted and that offensive line, and and you know, in front, not and not, not a like- team
2: that was built around somebody else's wishes.
1: That's another perfect That's a example, great point. exactly around someone else's wishes. Who they are still, the word catering is is infused. They're, they're not catering to Rogers' wishes to make sure Hackett stays around um, or the fact that Tim Boyle was kept around or given the shot. Um, catering is infused, but they, they have no other choice but to run it back with Rogers. They have no choice but to do that and see what their plans were for 2023 that the football gods from the front row seat, you know, um, blew up his Achilles in front of the whole country. They do have, they do, I believe, owe it to everybody to give it one more shot. And God forbid he gets hurt, just have a better plan behind him, Mm. certainly if he's 40 years old. But that's an excellent point. from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code IZEN when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code IZEN.
2: Let's get off this because, my God, we just keep beating the New York... Uh we just keep beating them into the into the dust. And I just need and to they're move And they're four eight,
1: on. by the way. They're four and eight and there's the, the, they're only relevant this week um uh, because the Texans are in their house and the Texans have a shot to to make the playoffs.
2: Let's just talk something more what do you got? Fun, sexy, interesting, which is Ooh, the yeah. matchup this weekend. Well, don't get too excited, you two. We've already talked about you in bed once today. I mean okay. we can't like but go too football. crazy. Okay. <laughs> uh let's talk Philly Dallas, Rich, as you look ahead to the yeah. weekend. And what you find uh, most interesting about this, as Philly heads back to Dallas, and Dallas is looking really good. Dak and C. D. Lamb look like they're playing well together. Yeah, they like they're playing nicely on the playground. So, what are you expecting? What do you think is fun about this game?
1: Oh God, Sunday night's going to be amazing. What we don't have anybody coming over, do we?
2: Not that We're I'm getting, aware of. Okay,
1: I don't know. I mean, but yeah, I mean, Sunday night's going to be great. And when do
2: we ever have people on Sunday night?
1: We had we had a whole host of people for Michigan, Iowa,
2: but I that mean, was Saturday.
1: Okay. I just want—I don't know. I just
2: want to no, make sure. Sunday, just people on Sunday. Rich is like a, a zombie. zombie. Like you love the word zombie. No one loves zombies more than Amy. He is a zombie. <sighs> He's cranky. He's uh, pacing cranny. by seven. He's like, oh, I'm tired. I love when we get these it, inside glances yeah, into their also, marriage. I mean, okay, I'll... it's true. I mean, because it's, it's a 4 a.m. start. And yeah. by the way, usually I wake up like like I set my alarm for 4:30 on Sundays. And this past weekend, slept through I slept through the alarm. It's fine. It's great because, because one out. time, one time in twenty years, he slept through the alarm for NFL Was that last Network. Year?
0: Yeah, oh once. God. So you in know 20 what? Years. Whenever I have an early call time, my husband always does my backup alarm for me. Same thing. Go. I set my alarm. Rob does the backup Rob alarm. Is a prince. Rob's uh, the he, best. He's a
1: saint. I mean, we—he we, he sets alarms for you. He, he answers questions about the Mariana Trench for you. Yeah, he no, really. So The podcast
0: really. in, the in his the, car. Really. Does. Last night, middle of the night. Yeah. What is the circumference of the earth? You did not do Oh, that. no, I did. I did. I would murder why you. Would he,
1: why would he know that? Why would you expect him to know such a thing?
0: You did not really do I, that. A, I really did do that, okay? I, I, When I have a question that's burning in my mind, I had to ask. Go for it yourself. Well, first of all, I'm tossing and turning, tossing Google. and turning. and What did you say? It's called Google. Google it. Well, I know, but we did it together. Okay. And so then I... I
1: <laughs> what if I did that tonight?
0: <laughs> I would murder you. <laughs>
1: I would the, murder you. The
0: other thing there though would be
2: a
1: white outline in our bedroom. <laughs> That's where that would be.
2: Can I tell you what happened the other night? Total segue. I don't know. Four thirty in the morning, one of the, the white dog comes in, opens the door to Cooper's room every night, jumps on the bed, but usually around four thirty, quarter of five. Five minutes of five, and I work out at six on Monday, so I was up, you know, I usually get up around five fifteen, five twenty. Something fell on me, and I thought the world had ended. The Gold Dog had jumped on me at five in the morning, mm. and I literally went, "Ah!" Oh, I thought I thought I woke you up for sure. You, well, slept you did that.
1: So no, I, I I woke up. I, I certainly I, woke the up. The Gold at that. Dog went flying. I think She's white eighty dog pounds. Knows how to open doors, but anyway, uh, Philly and Dallas. Um, so <laughs> this game is truly for Dallas's season, I believe, because. Um, Interesting. Because Dallas needs the home field more than most. And I know that that is such a cliche sports talk topic bar. Who needs it more? Everybody needs it just the same, okay? Philadelphia needs it. San Francisco needs it. Dallas needs it. But we were talking in the back, 14 straight wins in a row in Dallas, which is remarkable.
0: Especially at a time where home field advantage statistically is, is waning.
1: It is waning and certainly in this building which is just cavernous, yep. 100,000 people large, they they've had nothing but trouble for the previous years prior to this winning streak, winning games that they should. They always have trouble punching down on the opponent that they're supposed to beat. Um and 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 this team is now turning it around and offensively they are killing it. So they need to have the one seed, not just to have people come into their house, but certainly to have San Francisco come into their house. They cannot go back to San Francisco. It's a great point. And win and and play them again after the way their season ended there last year, the way that they got smoked there. This year, could they? Of course, they could win there, obviously, but it would have to be everything working. Perfectly, and have San Francisco make mistakes that at this point in time would be completely uncharacteristic. And so, the one thing if to beat San Francisco is to get in front of them and see how Brock Purdy can command the offense with two minutes to go and win a football game in which they are trailing. We have seen. Brock Purdy lead them in that situation only once in his young career. It was this year in Cleveland, and they missed the kick to win that game, part of a three-game losing streak that has Philadelphia in front of them right now. So Dallas needs to win this game to get a division hope in their ether from which they could then get the one seed. If they lose this, I think they're the five seed. They'll end up having to go eviscerate the NFC South opponent uh, and d- division winner like they did last year. It could be Tampa instead of Brady. It could be Baker. It would be Atlanta. Like, good luck to Desmond Ritter, who has some trouble, as it seems, processing and playing uh, consistent football against this Dallas defense. And Dan Quinn would love to go into that building, and the whole team would love to give Dan Quinn the win in Atlanta. It would be very difficult. And from there, they might have to go to San Francisco or Philadelphia again. That is not a path they want to take. In order to avoid that, they must win this game Sunday night.
0: So what about San Fran, you guys? Are they the best team?
1: Oh, uh,
0: 100%. Um, they certainly are in the running. And the only reason I'm equivocating at all is to quote Mike McDaniel, let me know when the season's only 13 weeks because (laughs) the season's not over yet. And we always hear if the season ended today, well, you know what? It didn't end today, and there's more games to play, but they are certainly in the running for that. And I will say, as to your point about Dallas, if Philly wants a chance to beat them this week, Philly should do something that Seattle didn't and account for Micah Parsons because that decision by Seattle when they faced uh, Dallas, it was – just crazy to me. And it reminded me of something that I just drove me nuts during my years in the league. When a coach thinks he wants to show I'm smarter, I'm more clever, I'm more crafty, I'm gonna show them, and I'm not gonna account for their best player. That's just insane. We did that once. We had a coach who thought, I'm gonna show them. I'm not gonna throw to the other side of the field. I'm throwing, I'm gonna just call plays. We're throwing straight at oh, the guy. I, I, I gotta
1: say this. We're throwing it's, st- it's Lane Kiffin, right?
0: No, it was well before Lane. Oh, but my point was, this coach decided I'm going to show them we're going to throw straight at the receiver covered by Dion. Like, why would you do that? <sighs> what well, you know, going into the game, we're all thinking you just don't throw to Dion's guy. You just don't throw to Dion's guy. Well, our coach decided I'm going to show them how clever and smart I are. We're going to throw right at Dion's guy. Let me tell you something it didn't work out very well. It's just in. And it spoiler did, alert. Spoiler alert. It also didn't work out for Seattle not to account for Micah Parsons. Well, what
1: you're they purposefully didn't do that for the listeners or viewers of of the this show. Um Yes, yeah, so it was purposeful. Know, what what they did was on their fourth down play, do or die, they they purposefully let Micah Parsons a free release have a free release to go right at Geno Smith and sneak from Geno's left past that beast of a pass rusher to the right, leak out, and Geno Smith would just utilize, they would utilize Micah Parsons' aggressiveness, throw it right over over him, and it would be an easy first down. And they did that despite DK Metcalf having a huge night. Instead of going to him, they went and did this. The problem is they did it with not only DJ Dallas, their third string running back, but they also did it with Micah Parsons showing, you know, 4-3 speed is 4-3 speed and blew the entire play up. Here's why that won't happen with Philadelphia. That was the problem for Seattle in the fourth quarter is all of the fourth downs that they went for. They didn't convert and it cost them the game and Dallas took the lead and that was the end. This wouldn't happen with Philadelphia because they wouldn't do that nonsense that you were discussing. They wouldn't even throw it to DK Metcalf. They would do the unbeatable brotherly shove. And that's the difference that Philadelphia has amongst above all other teams. The number of times I've seen fourth down plays. Uh, um, we, we saw it on um, Monday night football where um, it was a slow developing fourth down play. I believe um, one of the running backs uh, didn't didn't get off very quickly, and it was um, it didn't convert on on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, the Packers went to AJ Dillon that got stopped. I don't understand how other teams don't have a brotherly shove in the copycat league that one thousand percent has the most unbeatable play I've ever seen in football. How it's not copycatted or attempted by other teams is beyond me. But Dallas will not be able to count on their opponents. Lack of ability to get a first down on fourth and short this week because Philadelphia is the greatest at that. Well, That's why their coach says first and nine. Right, exactly. Is what they, exactly. When they get the ball, it's first it's and nine. It's never first and ten. It's always first says. and
0: nine. By the way, Lane Kiffin was a very good guess. It was Mike White.
1: Mike White. Hmm. There you go.
0: How's that for a little history? For I like it.
1: I'm glad you look at your name and name. She would not have done that in episode one. She's of what very comfortable
2: in what the football.
1: Look at you just becoming a little bit more like you're, 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 you're blooming. Look at you telling names and spilling tea. Amy Trask.
2: I know. I, I like, I like gossipy Amy. She's my favorite. Uh, she's magnificent. That said guys, as we wrap this one up, yes. And obvious answers do not apply. Who's your biggest disappointment this year?
0: I'm going to answer that seriously in a moment because I'm going to give it some thought. But I would suggest we might want to consider just relegating the entire NFC South. Could mm. <laughs> so we relegate them somewhere?
1: Uh, um, it, it, it hasn't been pretty. That's for sure. Biggest disappointment. Let's see. Right here. I'm, I'm going, I mean. Yeah,
0: disappointment the, in the sense that we expected, expected more ben, of yes, them? Yes, mm. expected more. Okay.
1: Uh, I've got one for you. I got one for you. The Los Angeles Chargers.
0: Jinx. Jinx. Remember when we were kids and we'd want to say the same thing and we'd say, Jinx, one, two, three, four, five, and then, like, whoever said something Yeah, buy me a
1: Coke. But take a look at, you know, every other team that you would consider. Buffalo is on the periphery of being a disappointment. I still think they have time to rescue themselves from I was
2: sure that you would say Buffalo because in the beginning of the year, I mean, you loved loved Buffalo. Yeah, but they're not
1: toast. They're six and six. They have some tie breaks that are working a little bit against them, but
2: they Why may wouldn't have six out... and six qualify. I mean, that's um, not a because
1: there's still some time. The Chargers are toast. I well, mean, and, that's, and a, that's a fact. The... I would be stunned if they go from five and seven right now to make the playoffs. There's too many teams in front of them,
0: and they have so much talent on that. And they roster. haven't. That's what
1: I'm saying. All the disappointments, the Jets. The Giants that you might mention, the Tennessee Titans are another one. Um, you mm. know, you know. Uh, do you want to throw Carolina in there because they're so bad, but they have a rookie quarterback? No. Um, you yeah. don't know. Those are teams, as I mentioned, Jets, Giants, Tennessee. I just one. Some.
2: I just wanted no, to, like, I'm, lose I'm, your i but I'm saying those
1: teams, and you could even say Vegas. Their quarterback, they they're starting quarterbacks either got hurt or or Jimmy Garoppolo proved to be so ineffective that when antonio pierce came in he he just basically deactivated him because the the raiders are, are would like to search for the receipt on that acquisition right now um the chargers quarterback is as healthy phenomenal as they come except you know i guess we you know his fingers he had that right but everything else this team should not be five and seven should have been four and seven and needing to just scratch out a victory over over the patriots six nothing they they Six a nothing, total right? Disappointment. I
0: mean, what is that? Six nothing, and by the way, all six points were in the first half. So that means it was zero zero, or as it's said in Animal House, zero point, point zero, zero. in the second half. Right. Half um, that speaks volumes about both teams. And the reason I say it's the Chargers are, you look at the quarterback. That team should be doing a lot better. And by the way, if games mm. were only fifty-five minutes or so, the team would be a lot better <laughs> because they just haven't figured out ways to close out games.
1: Mm. It's been it's been a, it's been a tough year, and um, that yeah they they'd be my choice.
2: All right, who's yours. I mean, oh, why I'm did from i from New answer? England, like <laughs> what, what, why, bother? I, why bother? Why bother?
1: That, that's up there too. I, I didn't see them being a two win team going into. Um, I, I I was talking about on the Rich Eisen show, you know the satellite. You mean program the big show? The main show. The main what, show. The main ball, show. Right, um, right. That that. Um, when the NBA in season tournament named its dates for the semifinal and the final, I'm like, good luck to you. Semifinal is the Thursday night of week fourteen where it's Patriots, it's Steelers, those two stalwart franchises that have passionate fan bases. Good luck to the NBA. So that's to get the, the Trubisky
2: Zappy Bowl.
1: That's correct. Right. Zappy versus Trubisky. You know, it's very it it it, it flows. Um, I don't know if the offense will, but um Cute. good luck. Funny. Good luck you know so yeah new england is obviously a candidate for disappointment i didn't think that they would have um super bowl hopes or an mvp quarterback candidate as everybody thought about the chargers coming into the season everybody thought it would be a difficult road to hoe for them because you know uh it's mahomes and it's now garoppolo and in its russ with sean payton they were a candidate for disappointing team of the year at one and five but they are now in the mix at six and six. Um, so uh, the Chargers had Super Bowl hopes and MVP hopes for their, for their team and quarterback. And right now that ain't it.
2: Yeah. Remind me not to call my brother the next day. He'll be in a bad mood
1: on Friday. Oh, but you speak to him every day.
2: I know he usually now he he's into giving me critique on the, on the podcast. Oh, that so right? that's odd. And you know, it's so funny, Amy, when I asked you the question about home field advantage, no, maybe I asked you something else. I already forgot what I asked. But I asked it in a long-winded way. And all I could think about is, oh, I'm going to hear from Scott that it was too long a question.
1: It's it's interesting that you say that because you tell me I'm
2: long-winded. You are very long-winded. So here's ready. Poor Rich. My pet peeve in interviewing is I like to ask short questions. Okay, that's part of sideline reporting. Get in and get out. And every so often, Rich will say to somebody like, well, did you think that was a great idea? Wasn't it, Amy? And And I'm like, oh, God. Stop because they want to start answering, but he says it gives people more time to think of what they're Sometimes going to say. Sometimes it does,
1: and then you need to reset for the radio audience when you're doing the main show.
2: Oh, <laughs> all right, people, thank we've you. had about enough of him. Hey, guys,
1: <laughs> do you say that to all your guests or just yeah, me? No, did <laughs> <just laughs> you, you. say that to Peter King last week?
2: Peter, thank of you, of you so much. I'll see you at home. Hey, Marshall, See, back thank to you what the so football, much. Yeah, yeah no, now yeah. we're
0: back to what the now their foo No, with Rich, I'm like, all right, we've it's had floating, enough.
2: It's you. a floating, we've head. had enough of you. Okay, very good. Hey, guys, um, we appreciate you taking in this somewhat chaotic episode of What the Football. We will be back here each and every Tuesday. Love being with you for Amy. I'm Susie, you know who he is, he's on the main show. The
0: main show, nice.